Today on From Here to There, we have a very special guest joining us, and she is going to discuss how to know it's time to make a change. And then we're also going to discuss how to give ourselves permission to change our definition of home. This becomes especially important if our home has been the same address for decades. We will also touch on how to defend your new home against the the noise of naysayers that may not agree with your decision. We want you to think of this podcast as a safe place to explore options and to gather information about making a potential move. But before we jump into today's discussion, I do want to say that you should take a moment to give your home the credit it's due. When you decided to live where you currently live, it was likely the right choice when you made it. Just because you want a new place to call home doesn't mean that there's anything inherently wrong with your current home. It's just that the two of you might not be an ideal match any longer. Although making a decision to move will be a challenge, if you're like most of my clients, you've been through circumstances and choices that are so much harder than this. Additionally, I can assure you that making a decision to move will only become mentally and physically harder the longer and longer you wait. Also, let me say that your decision to move doesn't have to be a decision to move next week. It can be a decision to start being purposeful with a plan. Whether your plan is to move next month or in a couple of years, we want you to be able to put a plan into action and line out the path for a future move whenever that move may occur. We encourage you to gather a few intentional actions from each podcast that you will take this month and in the months between now and your future move. We are excited to be back today with a very special guest, Jill Piazzi with Gray Matters. Jill is a geriatric care manager with a master's degree in social gerontology, and Jill has managed geriatric mental health clinics, managed an assisted living community, and worked as a social worker in a long-term care facility. She is also a member of the Aging Life Care Association. Welcome, Jill. We're so happy to have you. Well, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Well, I just thought that maybe we could kind of start with um, a good definition of what a geriatric care manager is and how our listeners might be able to utilize a geriatric care manager as they plan a move. Okay, so um, care management has changed some. We, we used to be called geriatric care managers. We're now called aging life care managers, okay. but some still use that term. Mm-hmm. We changed in our national group, we changed the name because not all of us just work with seniors. We right. also work with younger disabled. So mm-hmm. um, as a aging life care manager or geriatric care manager, we are kind of that hub in the wheel. We guide families and seniors um, on various options of care. We coordinate that care. We do in-home assessments. We also monitor care for people in their home or in a community where they need some oversight. We help with um, caregiver consultations, so we can guide that caregiver um, and help them steer through all of the healthcare um, options and help them with decision making. And some of us do bill paying, so we do a lot of different things. But typically, most of us are experts in the field. We're either nurses, gerontologists, social workers, or other mental health professionals. Okay, yeah. Sometimes when when I've 
talked about to you whenever I'm out visiting with, with other professionals and they aren't really sure what you do, I can sometimes say, well, it's kind of like having a really knowledgeable adult child kind of helping with, mm-hmm. with different steps, someone mm-hmm. that knows all the answers to the questions and can, like you said, I mean, even things like bill pay or mm-hmm. kind of facilitating some communication between doctors and mm-hmm. patients and doctor, the families and uh, um, someone else as well. So I've kind of, I've kind of thought of that as well. Um, and I was just going to ask, so a lot of people that are listening are, um, starting to kind of feel like maybe their home isn't the best fit, either whether that's for a parent that they're mm-hmm. seeing that maybe that's not a good fit or the the person themselves is seeing that it's not really working out for them. So in your experience, is there anything, any red flags or feelings or social elements that you've seen that maybe start to tell someone that the single family home they're living in um, isn't the greatest fit and that now it is time that we're starting to see it is time to make a move? Yes. Yeah, so um, working with mostly seniors, I see that there's various reasons why someone would consider a move. Um Some of it has to do with the need for a higher level of care. Maybe they've tried to have a provider service in the home or family helping, but it becomes cumbersome Mm -hmm. or expensive. Maybe Mm -hmm. they're spending quite a bit on care that goes maybe almost 24 hours. And so it becomes exorbitant. So that can um, encourage them to start looking for a community. Uh, Some other reasons might be um, that they want to be with others. Even if I'm independent, maybe I'm lonely. Mm -hmm. My spouse may have passed away. And so I'm thinking about how can I connect with other people? Neighbors have changed. You know, some of these older neighborhoods, the people we lived with 50 years ago are gone. Mm -hmm. And in the world we live in, we're not always connected to our neighbors. So I think that could be difficult for a senior who's in that neighborhood where things have changed. You're not connected. You don't have a support system. So sometimes they think about how can I get into a community where I can make friends, have activities? And maybe it's also, I don't want to cook anymore. And I don't right. feel like cleaning and having all these duties in my home. Or the home might be aging, and I really can't afford to fix it up right. and have it adapted to my needs where it's accessible or where I can easily get in the shower or even yeah. enter my home if I've got multiple steps. Right. So that might um, and also encourage someone to start looking. And I've seen someone too that we had a couple of years back and it was a husband-wife couple and the, the wife was very independent. The husband was on hospice and mm-hmm. it was it was hard for her because she felt like she couldn't really leave him. Right. And she had someone that came in four hours, a couple times a week, mm-hmm. but that just wasn't enough for her to run out. She said, I feel... Like a crazy person trying to get to the grocery store and then get back and make sure he's okay. Mm -hmm. And they ended up moving into a community, but still having some, those four hour windows of help, but then she could go and socialize and she could, the meal prep, she didn't Mm -hmm. have to worry about that anymore. And she didn't, and she felt like there were, there were peers around Mm -hmm. that she could kind of talk and relate to and not feel that, that huge guilt leaving him behind mm-hmm. and those four hours actually meant something when she's right. talking about walking 20 mm-hmm. feet instead of yeah. driving somewhere. Well, and so. the cool thing about that, and I've had other clients in that boat is if you're in a community that has multiple levels of care, then right. that person can theoretically age in place where maybe Correct. one stays back and in independent, the other could be right. in a higher level of care, but they're right. still on the same property and they can get together for activities and meals 
And so that's nice. And then the other part of that is I've seen seniors move into communities where they're still kind of the caregiver, Mm -hmm. but they have the support of other seniors that are caregivers. Right. Because not everybody that goes to independent living is always totally independent. Maybe one is and one isn't, but they have supportive services. And and we had someone too um, that moved into a community and um, the, the wife for, because of some health reasons, falls frequently. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, although my neighbor next door, Ed can't help me get her up off the floor safely. I have Ed to stand in the hall with me and just kind of talk and and Mm -hmm. relate to. And that that's so much better. And it's it's so different because you're surrounded by peers Mm -hmm. instead of your neighbor that may be fantastic, but they're 30 and they have two year olds and yeah, they're gone and they just can't. Relate, and that I think sometimes can even increase isolation feelings. Another reason I see moves to probably a big reason in my world is the cognitive change. And Mm -hmm. so sometimes it may not be the senior calling me, but it's the adult child calling and letting me know, Jill, you know, I'm seeing that mom's not taking the meds, the pillbox, the, you know, morning isn't taken, or the food is in the fridge rotting, or, you know, there's dents on the car, different things Mm -hmm. that, that are obviously red flags. So, you sometimes have the adult child that calls and they're the ones kind of prompting that right that conversation about let's talk about what's out there right and maybe that time for the move and we also see um, in care management the person with dementia may not be open to care or there's paranoia so that can be a problem is to bringing the help in the home it doesn't always work right it really just depends on the person and sometimes I think um, maybe when you do have a a spouse that's trying to help offer care to the other spouse it may be more resistant than having a professional to kind of come in and manage that care and let right. that spouse be the spouse exactly. and not the caregiver yeah. because it's I mean caregiver stress is a very real thing whether mm-hmm. no matter what age you are and oh, yeah. I think sometimes when there's that role reversal either of adult children having to become a caregiver or a spouse becoming a caregiver there's guilt there's resentment there's all kinds of of things that are building so sometimes it's it's helpful to have that help and and when you mentioned you know someone trying to do 12 hour daycare 24 hour daycare I just don't think people realize the thousands and yes. thousands and thousands yes. of dollars that is. It's not. Well, and just you know, the complexities, too, of trying right. to coordinate that. You know, as a care manager, I do some of that. But not everybody has a care manager. So a lot of right. families are having to deal with this. Like, how do I coordinate all these workers seven days a week and keep up with right. who's coming in? Correct. If there's a change in their schedule or if someone's not a right fit, then finding that new person and orienting each person to that home right. And the needs of your loved one. So it could be complex and it could be burdensome. Right. And then if you're also trying to keep up with a, with the home, you're mm-hmm. trying to coordinate people to mow the lawn and mm-hmm. house cleaning services yeah. and mm-hmm. someone to work on the roof and the toilet that's running. And so to add in trying to manage caregivers, it's just, it's too much. It's, it's way too much. And then also just dealing with the emotional complexity of, of seeing a spouse that is having some major health health situations kind yeah. of going on and, and working through that together. Um, I saw a a quote too because you know it's it's easier. I always think that it's easier to to do nothing than it is to take the steps to really make a change. But that only is a short term 
feel better type situation. There was, there was a quote I saw that said, if you don't create change, change will create you. And I think that we see that a lot with some of our clients that just are going to put it off another year, another six months, and then we become in crisis mode yes. sometimes. Yeah. I'm sure and that's a lot that. of my calls. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. People coming out of the hospital mm-hmm. saying, uh, okay, we're leaving the rehab now or we're leaving the hospital right. to go home. What does this look like? And a lot of people don't realize that, you know, Medicare is not going to pay for everything. Correct. Home health is not going to be there all day. And so you have to have a plan and it's who's around to help because right. that child may not even live here. Some of the families right. I'm dealing with are out of state. Right. So they may come in for that crisis, but they got to get back to work and their family and their right. lives. They so have, it could be really hard. They have a full plate mm-hmm. already. Yes. And then even if they want to help, they can't. Oh. They don't have the hours and they don't have or the, the training. expertise. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. the other part. How do you navigate all this right. quickly? Right. And, you know, I kind of I always tell people when when I'm meeting with them and I'm sure you can relate to this too, that it always feels like there's something else you should be waiting for. There's a lot of people who say, I'm going to have cataract surgery. So I need to wait until after that, Mm -hmm. or I need to get through one more set of holidays Mm -hmm. and and then, and then, and then, but there's always, there's always, yeah, exactly. Manana's come and gone. Exactly. It's it's already getting late. There's there's always another reason to Mm -hmm. wait, but, Mm -hmm. um, And then I was going to ask, so, you know, you mentioned that, of course, there's there's adult children who are sometimes seeing some signs um, that maybe maybe mom or dad need to move. Sometimes it's a neighbor. You're worried about the neighbor. You're watching drag trash cans in and they Mm -hmm. shouldn't be doing that Mm -hmm. um, or concerned about that. Um, Sometimes the medications. So if there's someone in one of our listeners lives that they, they want to intervene with, or maybe have a conversation, is there a good way to do that? Is there anyone else they should enlist for help or anything like that? Well, I think just being honest with, you know, of course our family and, and having a plan and talking about our wishes, what do you want as you need more care and where do you want to go and starting that process. So we're not in crisis, but also being honest with your doctor mm-hmm. when you're with your primary care doctor telling them, you know, Hey, I'm starting to have problems with falls or I'm starting to have issues with my memory mm-hmm. being honest so that there can be a plan and these mm-hmm. people can guide you, right? You know, friends, right? You know, think about your other senior friends or people that you associate with they may be in the same boat. So sharing ideas and resources can be helpful. Mm-hmm. And um, I think neighbors do see a lot. Sometimes yeah. I've gotten calls from neighbors where the newspapers are piling up. They don't see the person doing their yard work like they used to. So right. those people might step in, but they don't always know where to turn. Right. They might not have contact information mm-hmm. for right. the loved ones for mm-hmm. that person. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm sure that that's difficult when you when you do see a neighbor that needs more more help and how to, how to intervene with that. Um, yeah. And I think, but I do think that adult children probably do want to hear if there was a concern, right? I mean, if there was a concern about your mom, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think you would want to know that. Right. Um, so that's part of it too. Um, and then, so sometimes whenever we approach someone, um, well, I kind of see two sides to this. I see either that person saying, no, you're going to carry me out of here in a pine mm-hmm. box. I'm not mm-hmm. moving. I'm, I'm not moving. Um, and so what do you think some of that's based in that, that fear of moving and is there a way to overcome that? Well, I think it's the stigma that we've had. Like you think about seniors today when they knew about nursing homes back years ago, right. some of those places or facilities, mm-hmm. 
they think everything is a nursing facility and it's dirty or that people are ignored. And so mm-hmm. that I think plays on people's minds that they they believe that there's not any good places or they don't even realize what the options are. They don't go look. So they have no idea that there's communities out there. There's everything from personal care homes all the way to continuum of care, right. retirement communities. If you don't get out and research stuff, then you're knowledge base is pretty small so and also some people that grew up in rural areas were used to the family living on the property and taking care of their loved ones so some of them have that in their mind that my family should be coming to take care of me or I took care of my mom we're in a different world where adult children don't always live close to us or they have children still at home and busy jobs so it's it's both spouses working so there's not a uh, you know, wife that's staying mm-hmm. home that can help take care of not necessarily, yeah, yeah. necessarily. And then, mm-hmm. and so, it, would you encourage people to maybe get out? And I mean, how do they how do they do that? I mean, to get out and maybe see think, what the options are. Yeah, out I there. think just you know, you can go to your local grocery stores or Jim's Coffee mm-hmm. Shop or libraries, and you see things like the Senior Guides right. and all these different books that you could look through to kind of get an idea of, hey, on my side of town, what options are there mm-hmm. if I want to stay in my neighborhood. Or you could say, well, maybe I'm not going to stay in my neighborhood. I want to be somewhere where there's more medical facilities. But just looking at these books and getting ideas and then setting up a tour. I mean, you can go look. And and there really are some really great places, I mean, that Mm -hmm. resemble resorts more than what you're talking about, that nursing home Mm -hmm. type image. Because Mm -hmm. um, a lot of what I've seen is with continuum of care communities that offer assisted living in addition to any type of independent living, then also have memory care on site. Mm-hmm. A lot of times that need for skilled nursing isn't as prevalent. They can truly age in place there with some additional support right. and, and not go to that level. And certainly there's times where nursing care is the appropriate mm-hmm. solution, but now with hospice that can come in and, and help even staying in where they've mm-hmm. moved and that kind of thing. Yeah. Concierge that, doctor groups. Correct. You've got a lot of amenities today that they didn't have when I got started in my right. career back right. in the early nineties, things have changed dramatically. Well, even, you know, I became a realtor 13 years ago and it, there were nice communities, but not that independent piece. Mm-hmm. Not not what it is now. The Mm-mm. assisted was already there mm-hmm. 13 years ago, mm-hmm. and it was it was looking pretty nice. Yeah. But this whole resort kind of living just wasn't as right. big. I mean, those are popping up all over, mm-hmm. really. I mean, oh, some yeah. of those really nice places. Yes. Um, and then, so let's say that that there is someone who's saying, you know, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to move this year. We, you know, let's say it's a husband wife couple and one does need more care and one, you know, can be more independent. Do you think that it's normal? And and do you see the second guessing kind of, of that decision sometimes? Um, so I think it's hard because with couples, as you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, not everybody's could be aging the same way or have the same needs. So sometimes that does prompt when one needs the care that might prompt the move. And so I think just having a plan, looking ahead and not being in crisis is critical that we start that looking involve our families so that they understand what what we're trying to do mm-hmm. you might need their help for the move you yeah. might need their help for downsizing so mm-hmm. you know start that conversation and start thinking about who you want to give your stuff to because right. you know some of those sentimental items family may want but to be honest what i found is not everybody wants your stuff cuz they have their own stuff right. so so start thinking about charities and groups that you want to give to and you know, right. maybe even a grandchild that's 
in college right. that's starting their life and might need furniture and things. So. And I, I've also seen too that sometimes if there is an adult child that says, you know, I do want that hutch or I, I want that piano or whatever that is, that sometimes you have to give them permission. Okay, now I, I want you to come pick it up mm-hmm. this summer. Yes. It's, it, it needs to leave my house this summer because when I've talked to the children, sometimes they say, I feel like I'm stripping mom's house of personal mm-hmm. items. And so I think you have to give those those kids permission or those grandkids permission no no I want you to come take it now I want you to start enjoying it now um yeah and I certainly I certainly think that that's that's a great tip um and then I was gonna ask too um so when you have somebody that moves and sometimes that's that's really tough they're you know going from a house into some type of community living um have you seen that that's been an improvement in their lives or how have you how have you seen typically especially Mm -hmm. when i ran a facility i'd hear Mm -hmm. that from people saying i wish i had done this earlier or sometimes the adult children would say that gosh Mm -hmm. you know mom seems so much happier and she's healthier because someone's managing the med she couldn't do it at home or we have more medical oversight so the falls have reduced so I think families especially see that and I've heard that from seniors too where they say gosh I actually have some friends now and right I know I'm eating better because I'm wasn't really cooking right. before so it could be a positive I think for a lot of people but um, I've had a few where I think they just miss their home so much and change mm-hmm. is so hard or if they're really introverted and they weren't going to participate in activities mm-hmm. or they don't enjoy so- socializing for those I think it can be a little harder so ideally those people find their way even if they're introverted you know are there people that you could be paired up with in right. that community mm-hmm. that have like interests right you know similar backgrounds or you know, activities that they like right. to do. But and I've had I've had some introverted clients too. I, I had a gentleman who, you know, he didn't want to go play bridge. He didn't mm-hmm. want to go to the plays at night and that kind of thing. But he said it was just nice to know he could go down to the, you know, some of the common areas downstairs, read his paper, not talk to anybody, but just, just know there's other people right. doing right. something similar yeah. and just, just having that life around you. But then mm-hmm. also, I think a lot of people maybe have a misconception that they have to participate, that they have to mm-hmm. do all these things. Yeah. And you still are going to have your own space, your own timeline. You can come and go as you please. Mm-hmm. Family can come and go as they mm-hmm. please. So all those things are helpful right. too. Um, but you know, there's lots of, of benefits that we've seen too. Like there's not solicitors coming to your door anymore, you know, and mm-hmm. if the dishwasher breaks, it's not your problem. Exactly. Those, kind of, those exactly. kinds of things too. Exactly. So that's certainly helpful. Yeah. Um, and then I was going to ask just kind of in general, if you have any other advice or insight that you think would be helpful for someone kind of starting at the beginning of all this. Um, I think just really keep your options open and have a financial plan. I think sometimes And I just did a talk this morning with aging and living in retirement at Northeast Independent. And I think for some, it's like the cost, they have no idea what it's going to cost. So be thinking about how am I going to pay for my care? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we're all living longer. So be having a financial plan. Right. You know, start saving if you're not doing it now and really have somebody evaluate your right. your finances like a cpa exactly or something kind of and look. looking mm-hmm. to see you know how can you pay for this are there things you can shift if you sell that home where is that money going right you know maybe you're investing right so and also start looking you know don't mm-hmm. wait till it's too late to start looking at options visiting communities go mm-hmm. have lunch and one thing i've told my clients too is sometimes you could do that respite stay so right. you could kind of try before you buy mm-hmm. where you stay a week or two 
and check it out, stay in a guest room. So you could see the life of that community. You could go and have lunch, go to an activity, see what goes on. Really see it day in and day out before you make a decision to start making a permanent move. Right, right. Yeah, that's really good advice too. Um, So if any of our listeners want to reach out to you and ask you any questions or maybe get a referral either locally here or maybe in another state, um, is there a good way that they could reach out to you? Well, okay, so they could reach me directly. My email is graymatters, G-R-A-Y, M-A-T-T-E-R-S, 64 at Gmail. Or they can go to my website, uh, graymatterscare.com. Or they can call me at 210-363-3554. And I belong to a national association called the Aging Life Care Association. So I'm not the only care manager in San Antonio. There's several of us that are members And so they can go to aginglifecare.org and find a care manager, someone to guide them and work with their families and assist, you know, whether they're at home or making the move either way. Mm -hmm. And that's a national group. That's really great. And just kind of a quote that I wanted to um, add on at the end of some of the things that we've been talking about is from Flight of the Buffalo. And it says, change is hard because people overestimate the value of what they have and underestimate the value of what they may gain by giving that up. And I just think that that's a good thing to maybe kind of end on and and think about. But thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Bye-bye.